Welcome back to What A Hit Son. Today we're going to look at Arsenal's season so far and reflect on what they may need to do going forward this season as well as how they may fare for the rest of the season. For this, I also need another Arsenal fan like myself. So returning to the podcast, we have Tommy. Welcome back, Tommy. Great to have you back on. Cheers, Keith. Good to be on. Uh, sorry it's been taking so long. I've been uh, wishy-washy with commitments uh, to the podcast, so uh, it's good to be back talking about it anyway. Uh, well, maybe not at this stage, but uh, <laughs> uh, for what we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's good, good to get chatting out. It's very cathartic. So. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. I've been busy myself. That's why I haven't done as many podcast episodes recently, just with holidays and work and getting things sorted so uh it's nice to get back into kind of a routine now and try and get some more episodes recorded over the next couple of weeks especially with the international break coming up as well um which i suppose i'm sick sick and tired of these international breaks already yeah well did you get to any uh croatian league matches around in dubrovnik no over there, or? sadly not sadly not i did a, did a lovely zip line which i loved um, seen that yeah fucking hell. Un- unreal views of, of dubrovnik and we had uh, literally the day we landed, we had just missed a storm. A storm, and the day we left, we just missed a storm as well. Right. So, so you just, go, so usually after a storm, it's usually the good weather. So you got all yeah, the good parts of the weather. Exactly. Then, exactly. 20, yeah. Twenty-three degrees, lovely sunshine, not many clouds in sight. It was great. No football to make you depressed, which is great. It's good to get away from it sometimes. <laughs> did you Did you go to many of, of the of the Irish bars, little Irish bars, and yeah, I went the, to one the, the one of the the two gap the gaff in yes. Dubrovnik. Yeah. It's a good spot there. Yeah, that's good. They, they, they do pub tours there sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah that's pretty good. good as well. And uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's it's a nice little break for anyone wanting to get away. The Dubrovnik split as well in Croatia, yeah. ha- island of Havar. Or kind of, you can get ferries between all three places um, as well. It's it's a it's, it's a good show for all there. Yeah, and uh, I suppose it's just learning all the seeing all the places where they film Game of Thrones and seeing what was CGI yeah. and what wasn't was 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 interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's amazing when you walk along the edge of the town when you get up in the walls and you're walking along and you see a little like basketball court or a little football field, yeah, little, like Astro esque football field dotted around the place and stuff like that. It's very picturesque. Yeah. Um, and you you feel like you are in King's Landing in a way because a lot of it is you recognize it like you do recognize yeah. it even though there is CGI in, in Game of Thrones obviously um a lot of it isn't uh bar yeah. obviously the red keep and everything is obviously but like a lot of uh, you know amongst the towns you realize how much was shot like live action yeah yeah um and like it's great like uh, the one thing I loved about Croatia is just how welcoming the people are in general like mm. I didn't have come across one person who was angry or yeah. like an aggressive they were all really nice um welcoming you to the thing very very welcome to tourists um which is great and very helpful as well like i didn't come across one person who didn't speak fluent english uh, or didn't understand me as well yeah uh, they they especially for some reason love the irish as well whenever we told anyone we were over there we were irish probably half tanked as well well i don't think I, I was there for 10 days and i wasn't sober for 10 days so i don't remember much of it but uh but from what i do remember you, you tell them they're you're irish and they'll be like oh great at least you're not english <laughs> so uh but uh that that's the best comp- backhanded compliment we can we can give ourselves with that exactly well. so. exactly <laughs> what's been uh your opinion of our arsenal this season 
Oh, that's a fully loaded question, Keen, to start off with, isn't it? Um, look, I think, obviously, they've only lost their first Premier League game of the season um, yeah. over the weekend. We've got to bear that in mind. Um, not as uh, free-flowing as last year, but hard yeah. to beat. Um, still getting the job done, even if we aren't happy with some of the performances, they're still more or less getting the job done. Every result, bar the one at the weekend, has been fair enough. Up to the draw with Chelsea, to the victory over City. Um, you know, I think it's been a solid start. They're still, yeah. they're still fighting at the top. They're in top four. You know, Spurs have been very good. Liverpool have been good this season. Unlucky in 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 some games that we might discuss as well when it comes to VAR. Um, United just seem to be having a shocker still. Um, I know they won over the weekend, um, but they just they're so inconsistent right now. It just yeah. it seems to kind of you know it, it's it's definitely from an Arsenal perspective long way at last. But from from a Man United's perspective, if you're a fan, you know I know the two boys who are in our chat. You know it's it's not great to see. Uh, but look, I, I think Declan Rice and William Saliba are you probably have to say at this stage world class players. The two of them. Um, yeah. I know it's very early in Declan Rice's career, and it is in Saliba's as well, but even at the defeat over the weekend, those two could could play for any team. Yeah. Um, they were they, our best two best... performers, I suppose, at the weekend, looking at the game. I know, obviously, the circumstances behind the goal, we can get that. Like Realistically, yeah. the, the result of the game didn't reflect the game, I think, generally. No team no. really deserved to win that game. I think a, a draw no. would have been a fair result. It, it would have, it would have been, and, and look, I think Saliba and and Rice and Odegaard up until recently have probably been our three best players of the season yeah. so far. Saka obviously hasn't been at his best, but he has ten goal. He has a goal involvement nearly every game he plays in. So yeah. you know, you leave him on the pitch, he's our Mohamed Salah. Let's say, obviously, Mohamed Salah is his own out in his own with as regards to prolific and all that. But he's our Mohamed Salah. You leave him on the pitch, even if he's tired, because he will do something. Yeah. Um. Whether it's a goal or assist, out of nothing, he will do it. Um. Yeah. I. I, th- I think the injuries. I think Party and and Jesus. I think it's a bit too. Uh, like obviously with Party, we've discussed it before. We we've we've kind of lost um interest in him at the minute because it's just he just never fit. He's he he seems to be made yeah. of chocolate. Jesus. I'm a little bit worried at the frequencies of his injuries as well. Um, I still think he's he's a he's a good great centre forward and a great option for Arsenal and he energizes everyone around him. I still think that's a position that Arsenal need work on, um, need upgrading on, or at least something a bit different. Um yeah. poor El Kai Havertz. It's not his fault that we spent that Arsenal spent 60, 65 million on him. He's trying his best. Um I actually rewatched the game and I actually thought that was his best game in an Arsenal shirt, if I'm being honest. Um, no. I thought there was a little bit more fire in him. I know the bar is quite low when it comes to Kai Havers at the minute. He's trying to slowly come back in. Possibly might have been lucky to not be sent off. But, you know, when he's sheepish and not doing much in the game, we complain about that. We can't really complain when he shows a full-hearted commitment to a tackle. Uh, whether yeah. it, it, Obviously, luckily, he mistimed it. <laughs> if he timed it right, he definitely yeah. would have seen red. I'd say a second or um, two later, he would have been off. Uh, in my yeah. opinion, that's what I said. I said that that tackle. I think if he had caught more of the the front leg, that mm, he would yeah. have been gone. And 
just just because it was more the more contact came from his trailing leg, which was obviously bent and his studs weren't up. If if that was up as well, that would have been straight yeah. red. So he's been very lucky there. Yeah, and, and look in regards to the other competitions, obviously they beat Arsenal bet uh, PSV quite comfortably at home, then lost to Lons. I think that Lons game is a little bit out of context for to a lot of people. A lot of people don't understand how good Lons are, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. They finished second in, in the French League last year, whether you think it's a Farmers League or not. They are a yeah. good team. They're physical and they're technically capable, especially at home. Um, but then Arsenal went bet Sevilla, a very, very difficult team to beat away from home. And I am a little bit disappointed they went out of the Cowboy Cup. I'm not going to sit here and go, I don't care. Um, I'm I'm yeah. pretty disappointed um, in, in what transpired in that game, how sloppy we were, how much we gave away, um, just how easy we were to play against at times. Uh, I'm pretty disappointed in that. Um, you know, but look, it's, it is what it is. And we have to, I think they're playing Sevilla again tomorrow night now. Obviously, by the time this is out, it would have been finished. Um, but yeah, look, I think so far it's been a a strong start, if uneventful, um, yeah. Yeah. as well. Obviously, they beat City, wicked deflection, but City didn't do anything in that game. Um, Arsenal kept them at arm's length. You could argue City kept Arsenal at arm's length. I would say fair enough. It took a wicked deflection to win the game, but look, that stems the breaks. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot of them. Uh, you'll take those if you know you're going to win. You'll take it. We've had we've had a lot of them against us, so yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta take them when you can. So, yeah, look, solid start. Uh, disappointing of the weekend, obviously, to the unbeaten record to be gone. But I obviously will get into everything with the game. I think a lot of what happened in that game can be used as, let's say, fuel for the rest of the season um, for yeah. them. Um, but time. I suppose, will tell you. I suppose that's probably best place to start. Is we'll, we'll look at that game. So obviously, we had three or four situations that happened in the game. So. For anyone who who wasn't aware of what happened in the game, so there was obviously the Havertz situation, which we've discussed, which he could have potentially been sent off. Um, if he was later, I think he would have been sent off. You also had um, Br- uh, Bruno Gimarez, um with the elbow on Jorginho, which uh, I don't understand how he didn't get sent so, off for. So, so, sorry, Keen. The reason he didn't get sent off is because it was his forearm. Come on. <laughs> Get it, get it, get it right. That's what Sky Sports said. That that's the subscription everyone's fucking paying for. By the way, they're paying for a, a, a glorified YouTube channel. Um, yeah, it's yeah Liverpool um, and Man United bias. That's what that is as well. Yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, um, then you had obviously the goal situation, which was um, ball potentially out of play, potential obviously push in the back on Gabriel. Uh, offside, and I think it was a handball as well. Someone said, um, which take the pick of the bunch, really. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, look, I know I had a go at the pundits there or whatever, but I, I just think the most egregious one to me is the Bruno Gamarash one. I've no idea how he's not sent off there, yeah, and I've no idea how the pundits in studio, and the only reason I bring it up is because. Not everyone can get to these games, and the only place we can watch these games is yeah. on Sky Sports, or if you're out here on BN Sports, and you have to look at fucking Richard Keyes and Andy Gray, <laughs> uh, so you don't have much of a fucking option. But like, how? Like, I I don't understand how that's not a red card in in yeah. any way, shape, or form. The the rule isn't 
if you get hit by a forearm or if you get hit by an elbow, the, the rule is excessive force is violent yeah. conduct. Yeah, uh, and it's a red card every day of the week, and he's and he did it to several players throughout the game. He yeah. he went to two foot Ben White, missed him, then got back up and four and basically forearm slash elbowed Jorginho yeah. when the ball was miles away. Yeah, he I had no idea. He, he also then I think at some stage in the game he went into the back of Jorginho. I think a couple of minutes after, yeah. and then he buried the ball at Declan Rice on purpose. Like yeah. the chap it's, was it's, out of control and. Literally, the only time he got booked, I think, was later in the game for a tackle. But he shouldn't have been even on the pitch by then. He should like. But he... like, I, I just don't get how anyone can see that as anything else. Whether who matter yeah. what fan you are, tribalism yeah. aside, I don't know in what world that isn't a red card. Um, and whatever about the referee missing it, the referee could have possibly, obviously, I think, possibly did miss it. I'm not going to blame him as much. It's the VAR yeah. and the clowns in. Uh, Stonkley Park or, or or Wankley Park, what's it called? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Um, I, I think they're the culprits there, and it yeah. was a complete and utter protection of the referee on their part as well. I, yeah. I, I have a feeling that they knew that the Newcastle crowd were already riled up, um, and I thought that you know that was basically a decision based on oh we got to protect the referee here exactly because if he gives a red yeah. card, the fans are on him. Uh, yeah. that, you know, that's, so that's kind of what after the game, um, kind of like I've paid attention to obviously Arsenal fan TV to to see obviously what a lot of fans and a lot of fans, especially there's your, cre- the, there's your, there's your credibility gone when you just mentioned Arsenal fan TV. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I only go on it to give my opinion. I don't I don't care about some other people's opinions, but yeah. um, no, like like the problem I think with VR. Um, I said it today when on Arsenal Fan TV uh, myself is the referees are protected too much. And what really needs to change here is either you get rid of VAR because it's not working or you let us hear the audio between the referees and the VAR box. I don't care about, oh, players might curse, there might be language and stuff like that. It's very easy to block that nowadays with media. Very easy to block mm-hmm. that out. You have a time delay and you can remove stuff like that but there's no point nowadays like releasing audio three or four weeks after the whole thing's happened when all the fans have gotten over this decisions at that point and they've just given up altogether it's just it's become too messy uh, a situation with VAR like every week now there's a decision there's two or three decisions that are spoken about for either wrong decision incorrect decision um, but right like, decision, you know. It's, it's it's not the technology; it's the clowns using it. The yeah. Liverpool game, the blatant game against the Liverpool Tottenham game, yeah. was a hundred percent a goal. No other. I don't know how that wasn't given as a goal. Yeah. Wolves the last two weeks have been given penalties against them, which are no. There's nothing yeah. subjective about them. They're completely objectively not penalties, and they were yeah. given uh, this week. Arsenal, um, you know, you the, got Wolves the, the Onana. tackle and thing Jesus against Chelsea as well for the exact same situation literally keeper comes in and VAR said oh they thought um, Sanchez uh, hit someone else one of his players rather Uh, yeah look and look I know people say I don't like talking about referees I'm going to be honest with you that's a one big lie everybody loves talking about referees. That's just the way it is. Everybody yeah. fucking loves talking about referees. Anyone tells you they don't love talking about referee decisions, they're a fool. Or yeah. they're just, it, it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's it's just the way it is right now. And it, it's so sad that 
and it is a tough job. I understand yeah. that, but it's not a tough job for the guys in VAR. We no. could do that. No. Like yeah. it's it's tougher for the guy in the middle um, of the park who who misses things. It was brought in the protection for him should be for him to get the decisions right and help yeah. him make the right decisions, not to protect him by giving a wrong decision, just to protect him in that moment. And well, a perfect example of it is Mike Dean. Mike Dean now, who's working for Sky Sports as a referee, kind of for basically giving him uh, his opinion on referee decisions. He actually yeah. admittedly said it on Sky himself. There was a time in one of the games where he was in the VAR box and one of the guys who uh, was refing the game, he refused to call him to the referee box because he's his friend and he was worried mm. about the trouble he might get in for it. Like, I if, mean, you... you have a referee saying that, take them out of the situation or change it, that the referees are not in there because most of the referees train together at the start of the season. They're probably best friends who go out for points together and stuff like that. Take that element away from it. Put an ex-pro footballer who's not biased towards any team in the box, maybe. You see, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get anyone not biased towards yeah. any team either. And I don't know if ex footballers are the way to go either. I think yeah. you know like I don't know or, if money would, would solve it, but like if you were to ask every Premier League Cup to give a million towards an improvement in the P PGMOL like they'd probably happily do it. Would it change anything? I don't know if that's yeah. the answer. But like, it's 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 very much. I think like your Mike Deans, your Howard Webbs, they're yeah. being glorified now by being put on TV to basically explain nonsense decisions yeah. that are never that are never that, that they're trying to protect nothing. Literally, uh, yeah. You you know what I mean? They're they're trying to protect the decision that I don't even think they believe is right. They're just trying to protect the referee. And look, I know it's a tough job, but VAR is supposed to make more right decisions than wrong and ever since Howard Webb has taken over as the head of the refs they've been getting it wrong more often yeah. than not um do you big decisions do you think it's just a problem with the UK because oh well sorry not even the UK England because you look at like I've wa I watch a lot of the Spanish <clears throat> football I watch the obviously the Italian league French league I've watched a lot of them now there are situations obviously of VAR errors in those leagues but it's nowhere near the level of bad mm. that we have here. And remember, as I've said several times to people on, on different podcasts and stuff like that, England and Italy are the only two leagues that have professional referees that are, their full-time job is a referee. All other leagues, a lot of their referees have part-time jobs on uh, as well as refereeing. Like, is it a problem now that referees in England maybe are feeling too comfortable now that they have VR that if if they make a mistake VR will sort it for them. Yeah, but like I I think refs are going to make mistakes. I don't think in my opinion that's not the issue. The issue is yeah. the VAR making the mistakes, forgetting yeah. to draw lines, uh forgetting to to not knowing whether an on-field decision was given or not so they can't overrule it. It's not yeah. the it's not the refs in the middle's fault. He will make mistakes. That's guaranteed. Yeah. That will always happen. Happen before VAR will happen if after VAR and join. It's the people who are sitting in Poxley Park who are fucking who who, who can't get the decision right. And you yeah. know if they need to take time, and we obviously we can't have our cake and eat it. If they need to take time over a decision, if it takes two to three to five minutes, then do it. And if it annoys people, well, tough luck. If you want the right decision, this is how long it's going to take. Yeah. Um, as well, and 
look, whatever about the, the Gamarage sending off that I missed that, the ball out of play for Joe Linton, I don't know if that's out of play or not. It's yeah. hard it, It's hard to see if you're not on the pitch. But they, biggest... should, they should have the technology for that. That's what yeah, I don't understand. True, true but, but that never... That's probably one of the first times that's come up in a yeah, while. True. Let's true. say it's not an it's not a, 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 an occurring thing. The mm. bigger thing is the blatant push on Gabriel, and you can say, and like, I mean, it's it's I, I don't know, like it's it, it's just it, it's one of those things. I think with the push is one week they're giving a penalty for that decision, the next week they're not giving. A penalty or a free out for I that mean, decision. I mean, I, I mean, fucking um, Rodri against Man United falls over like a fidget spinner, um, and, and is and he's given a penalty, and they're like, oh, there is contact when there was barely any contact. Mm, but then Gabriel yeah. gets a penalty, and uh, and then says, oh, he wasn't strong. Uh, get penalty or is not given a penalty or not given a foul against him, and it's always oh, not strong enough. So yeah. take your like. Make up your mind there. What what's what's the protocol there? Is either too much contact or too little contact? It, he wanted it more. He's he's not strong enough there. Oh, there was contact, so he has entitled to go down. It's just such a there's there's no line there. There's there, yeah. there's no line. He t- Joe Linton two handed him in the back. Gabriel went to stoop down to jump up and get the header. He would have got the header only he wasn't let up because Joe Linton's two hands were on his back, pushed him down. And obviously there was a little bit of a handball there. Take your pick there. But my more of my issue is with the push in the back. Um, stopped yeah. Gabriel from getting up. Whether he should have stooped down that low is, in my opinion, irrelevant because he wasn't let get back up Yeah. Um, from that yeah. as well. Raya didn't cover himself in glory in that situation either. Um, possible offside, but like you were never going to get an offside there. And, and the no. foul should have been, you shouldn't have got that far. Um, yeah. and I think it, it was a, a foul um, and in a game where Newcastle I know Arsenal didn't either but Newcastle created absolutely nothing uh, yeah. their XG in the game was um, was it 1.9 1.94 expected goals or something like that yeah, something uh, like that, yeah. and before that, that was after the goal before the goal it was 0.6 expected goals so yeah. literally that decision changed the game it literally changed the game. And look, Arteta came out afterwards, came out swinging, and rightfully fucking so, in my opinion. Uh, rightfully yeah. fucking so. Um, a lot of people are going to chastise him and you'll have your tribalism. I understand that as well. Uh, people might take umbrage to Arteta doing what he did. And, and, and I understand that as well. You can take umbrage to it. That's fine. And not, He's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But I think he's dead right because this is accumulative for him now. The goal against Brentford last year... The decision yeah. of COVID, uh, to not send Kovacic off a couple of weeks ago, even though we won that game in the end. This now as well. It's just an accumulation of things. The Martinelli double yellow a couple of years ago against Wolves in the same sequence. You know, it's just these things that are building up. And if anybody has ever watched Arteta's you know, post-match uh, interviews, which I know a lot of people who aren't Arsenal fans wouldn't have, he normally blames himself. He normally says we weren't good enough. He rarely goes after the referees. This yeah. is completely our character for him to do what he did. Um, and I think he has a point. And I think he yeah. definitely has a point. And the this kind of, I would say, witch hunt uh, of saying he's moaning, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fair enough. You can say he's moaning. But if you have, if you're not, um, you know, basically being a child about it and you, you, you listen to what he said, like you either it puts it puts rival fans in, in a bad situation. They either 
going to hate refs or hate Arsenal. They can't do both yeah. now. Because Most of the time he, it's hate Arsenal just because exa- we're Arsenal. Exa- exa- exactly. And, and Gary O'Neill has said things the last two weeks um, yeah. and because they've had the decisions go against yeah. them wrongfully as well. But because he's not Arsenal, it's not getting as much coverage. Because Arsenal and Man United, teams like that, are box office to the Premier League. I don't even yeah. think Liverpool will get as much of a reaction. Maybe Klopp possibly, but I don't think you will get as much of a reaction if it was a Liverpool, a Spurs, a Chelsea manager doing said what they said. It's because it's an Arsenal manager. If if Tan Hag said that as well, they would get the exact same yeah. treatment because Arsenal and Man United, are, whether they haven't won a Premier League in whatever long, they are still box office to the Premier League. And that's what sells because yeah. if you were... And the reason I'm getting into that is because the reason there's such a witch hunt after after clubs like Man United and Arsenal when this happens is because, obviously... <laughs> Sky Sports is more like a fucking YouTube channel now. But <laughs> Arsenal and Man United have the biggest online presences of any other Premier League team. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. The Redman TV, um, City, whatever fuck TV they have, can't hold a candle to AFTV, to you know what Mark Goldbridge does, all that kind of stuff. They are the biggest mediums, um, Arsenal and Man United fan channels. In the Premier League, they are. They just are. Yeah. Uh, they get the most traction because when one of the teams loses... That's when their views go everyone, up. Everyone blah, blah. goes and watches. Everyone wants to watch yeah. it, exactly. And I, I just, it just sickens me a little bit, Keen, if I'm being honest, because we're being forced to pay a Sky subscription yeah. to watch uh, basically Liverpool and Man United biased um, yeah. on Sky Sports. Yeah. And look, I, I'm not saying throw an Arsenal biased in there to, to balance it out or, you know, everyone's going to have their club, fair enough. But I think like Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville are good pundits and can be good pundits or at least were at the start but now they just seem to I don't know they, they just seem to be basically a lot of the time gaslighting Arsenal yeah. and Arteta into thinking that they are the problem by doing what they did the Arsenal statement in my opinion was probably a little bit too much it, you probably have to keep your mouth shut there but I can understand why they did it I can understand yeah. why people would take more umbrage with that I can understand that completely I don't think it's achieving anything by doing yeah. that, yeah. Um, but like, what? Like, I don't know. But what fucking these? I don't give a fuck about Talksport. I don't give a fuck about some YouTube channels. I can just choose not to watch them. Um, yeah. It's it, it's fine. But when you're paying a subscription because it's the only place that you can watch football for Sky, and you're yeah. getting bollocks like that um, from Gary Neville and, and Jamie Carragher, who would basically piss on your back and tell you it's raining. You yeah. know what I mean? So. They're they completely gaslighting Arteta into into yeah. into that at the minute now as well, and you can not like it. Fair enough, but even the doubling down on oh it, it wasn't a sending off, it was a forearm. Oh no, it wasn't a push. Um, on on Gabriel when it, when two of them, there's no difference of opinion in that. They're just blatant wrong decisions. Yeah, but not but I'd have more respect for them if they looked at that and said, oh yeah, okay, you know what, I was actually wrong initially. I thought that blah, blah blah, but the double down on it. Um, is just I don't know. It's it, it's it's a little bit pathetic at this stage. Um, yeah. and it just it just boils my blood a little bit that we have that you you pay a subscription, you have to listen to that glorified YouTube bollocks. Yeah. Um, no, as I, well. I agree. I think that that I totally agree with everything you've said there. I think with the Arteta, obviously the way he reacted, I think any manager that literally knows they could have at least had a point in the game and that's what happens that's what makes the difference i think any manager 
would have done. Like, remember, this is a guy who's literally gone straight from literally having to give a team talk to the guys after they've literally been take at lost points based on a goal that should pay, possibly shouldn't have stood or shouldn't have stood mm. anyway. To then have to go infuriated into a press conference, what way do you expect him to react? Like I, if it was me, I would have been the exact same in there. And I think, uh, as you said, it's something that's just slowly kind of been there and there and there and there, and it's just eventually just he's said, "I've had enough. I want to basically let it all out, get it off the thing, take take all the responsibility away from the players." so that they don't have to focus on it. They can go focus on the Champions League game now. I'm going to say referee's decision was a disgrace, blah, 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 this type of thing. I agree with you that the club shouldn't really have released a statement um, on it. If they were going to release a statement and say, we're going to, not to say it's a great thing, we side by it, we want to put it out there that we need to speak with the PGMOL or something instead, rather than go into the whole type of thing about the disgrace i think it was uh i think arteta was kind of protecting his players if i'm being yeah. honest yeah um, as well because they did play well they kept they, they played well not to win enough to win the game i think it's a point drop more than three points yes. dropped yeah um, i agree because they newcastle were the third best team in the premier league last year um yeah. you know what i mean like they're, they're one of the best teams in the country it's a very hard place to go play football and his point is they did so well to keep them at arm's length quiet down the crowd, be really physical, give them back. And by the way, Newcastle, for a team that loves to dish it out, they hate to get it back. They absolutely yeah. hate to get a bit back. Um, which is like, if you're going to be a team that d- dishes it out, you're going to have to fucking expect it back at some stage. That's, a, but, that's why I loved when, when Havertz tackle happened. Obviously, he got the yellow. Yeah. And then it was the three Newcastle players were literally booked in the yeah, space of like a, two minutes. That was hilarious, actually, yeah. But like, but, but he's doing it to protect the players. And I know a lot yeah. of people don't like Arteta because they don't like his manner. They don't like basically how hungry he is as a manager, how eager he is for success. And people take that as arrogance if you want fair enough that's your opinion um yeah. and, and a lot of people have an opportunity to dogpile on him and, and, t- and say that oh he's moaning or whatever yeah. um and, and look that's fine if you want to think and, he's moaning that's fine but as few people point. have pointed out there were several managers before in the premier league who was that Mourinho would have been the exact same probably if that was in that situation fergie had situations like that where he gave out um about refereeing decisions like it's it's normal for a manager um they should be allowed to have a frustration like that but what you'll probably see now is Arteta will get a one game ban literally for speaking out and this is what I don't like about football manager that's why managers a lot of them keep quiet because if I'm going to speak I'm going to be punished you know and this is what like I don't like I I don't know like how you yeah. solve how you solve this. I I think it's yeah. you just need better people um who aren't from the northeast of England. But that's yeah. it. <laughs> the referee, all those referees are they're in the Greater Manchester <laughs> area. I don't know. That's a fucking problem. I don't know yeah. nothing about that area. But like I I think I don't know if a little bit more diversity through the yeah. uh, the ranks would make a difference. Obviously, you should be there. I don't think bringing in foreign refs would make a difference. I, like. I don't know, and look, I just, I, 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 uh, I realistically think if we had the audio, it would make people calm down a bit more because you'll be able to hear exactly what's happening. Like it, what what you have in in rugby, obviously 
it's it's a completely different sport in in regards to mm. you don't get the type of reaction from fans in rugby that you would get in football. But I do think if you have the audio then and there that you can hear the referees go, look, this is what we need to look at, blah, blah, blah. This is what offside, this is not. Um, come to the monitor, make your decision, blah, blah, blah. If, if fans can hear that, it would take a lot of pressure, I think, off VAR. It take re- pressure off the referees because they're able to hear able to hear everything. Yeah, you're going to get some uproar maybe from if it's against the home team or that. But at the end of the day, you're giving the, the fans the reason why it's cancelled. Not three or four weeks after. It's like, here's the audio. Here you go. This is what we had when fans probably have moved on from it. Yeah, and I, I look, exactly. Look, don't get me wrong. I don't think there is any... Can, like, I know you said you were on AFTV there and, yeah. and their topic was, is it incompetence or... or uh, yeah. um, or a, or what is it a fucking an agenda s- agenda against Arsenal? Yeah. I don't think it's an agenda against no, Arsenal. It's I, think, I think every team has yeah. this, and that's the problem. And Arteta yeah. is is saying what a lot of managers, um, you know, uh, saying, really. w- wouldn't say. Like yeah. Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe's a coward. Um, I know he's not going to say it um, against uh, against his team when he just won. But he, he, you ask him questions, and I've never seen anyone dodge a question as much yeah. as Eddie Howe. Your man Angie Postacoglu might be a nice guy, but he is a liar as well. Yeah, um, he can't he what, can't do any wrong. He's 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 God's gift now, apparently. Like literally, one two of his one of his players got sent off from out against like a yellow from mountain against the ref. He got a yellow from mountain against the ref, and now he's saying I was taught to respect referees and not undermine them. <laughs> it's just uh, that's no, all he, I loved about was that Arteta was asked about uh, refereeing decisions from the weekend today in his uh, Champions League press conference. And he goes, um, well, you saw me on, on Saturday um, when the obviously situation happened in the match. Uh, I wasn't mm. booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically exactly. to say, and Postlogu was, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, look, well, look, look, again, just comes back to my main issue. I like, is obviously, I, I think it's the people in the VAR box. Um, yeah, yeah. Whether they need extra training, whether they need more time. I don't think more people is going to make a difference. Too many cooks in the kitchen, etc. Yeah, uh, I just don't think they can handle the pressure. Whatever about the referee in the middle, he yeah. like he will make mistakes, and that will happen, and 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 stuff like that. Do but, do you think as though with the referees though, if the, obviously with issues that they give, obviously with situations and that, and decisions that they might make, um, this is the um obviously penalty for obviously making these errors mm. is more severe like Anthony Taylor perfect example now he was dropped from the Premier League the weekend just gone because of obviously his bad mistake that he made um dropped to the championship um but he still was a fourth official on the in the Liverpool game um and now he it's just been announced that he's going to be refereeing Chelsea Man City at the weekend and I'm just like it's not a punishment at all. It's just no. The, puni- the punishment is for the two teams he had the ref in the championship. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the punishment. Yeah, that, apparently that was made a mistake punishment. in that game as well. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, look, as I said, of course it's a tough job, but I'm not gonna kid you, kid yourself there. These guys are on a hundred k plus a year. A tough yeah. job as a single mother uh, trying to uh, manage two jobs at a time to pay the rent. It's not a referee in the Premier League. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a tough job on the day, but it's not really. 
either. Uh, it's a fairly fucking comfy job if you can if you can if you have a tough skin if you have a tough neck um, as well. Um, so I'm not gonna look. I, I know people will say, "Well, you can't really undermine the referee," and of course I understand that point of view. Yeah. But when the referees are basically undermining themselves uh, with their decisions that they're making or not making, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to see where we go from here. And look, I don't have the problems. Look, everyone seems to be bringing problems to the table with no solutions, um, no proper solutions anyway. But I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think that there's a a lot of my issues with Sky Sports as well, like the, the glorified YouTube channel element that they have have right now, like Carragher and Neville can, can be good pundits, but I just I, I just think that a lot of the time, when, like they double down on, on, on their opinions and sometimes they think their shit is ice cream as well. Um, so I, I just, I, I don't know. I find it hard to watch them a lot of the yeah. time. Well, that's I'd all... rather watch Richard Keyes and fucking Andy no. Gray sometimes. That says a lot. In fairness, the one thing Mark Goldbridge said... Uh, yeah, he, he's, the, he, he's, the, he's the best opinion on all this. <laughs> yeah, he actually said it perfectly. Is He's like, he literally said, was it like, Gary Neville, you are a glorified United supporter on, 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 on social media. Like, literally one week an incident will happen and you'll say, oh, United are screwed over. And then the next week, the same thing happens to, mm. say, an Arsenal player. And you're saying that the complete opposite, like, what the bloody hell? What the <laughs> bloody hell? Yeah. I, lo- I love because he, honestly, Mark Goldberg, like he's, yeah, he's very like good, on fairness um, to him. Even before those opinions, like, yeah, he, even though he's like, what the bloody hell? You fucking what? <laughs> I know, even though he does that, baby rages on screen yeah. on stream. It's performance art, I know. But when yeah. you follow him on Twitter, he actually has a pretty level-headed opinion. And yeah. even though the bet that Ben Foster um, podcast or whatever on YouTube is Ben Foster's a bit of a fucking idiot. Um, I think he appears on it sometimes. Goldbridge and he, he talks sense like, like yeah, he, no. he, he he's he's obviously a United fan, but that's the way. Obviously, I, I can't perfect that art either. I'm no. notoriously biasedly arsed, and I find it hard to not be. But, like, he has perfected the art. And obviously, he loves United, and he supports United, but he has yeah. perfected being objective um, yeah. when it comes to these opinions on rival clubs. He has perfected it, and yeah. he's and very good skill, at it. That's a skill you learn. That, like, that it's very hard to be yeah, like it's that. temperament. And, a lot of it's yeah. temperament, because a lot of football fans are, are, are tribal idiots. Uh, yeah, I, I am probably one of them in a way as well, and a lot of people yeah. who are on this podcast are too. <laughs> it's just the way we are. Maybe yeah. drop the no, idiots. Try fully agree. But like, but like, he seems to like pre- be very level-headed about the opinions, and I feel like I'm not saying he should be on Sky Sports, obviously not. But like, if if that if Gary Neville or Liverpool had these kind of opinions, you know what I mean? Like that were more level-headed and took more responsibility, um, and not being paid off by the refs to not say things. I heard that story today that there was phone calls made or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how true that is. I think a former ref, Keith something, said it or, or whatever, that there was two phone calls made uh, to two pundits, um, i.e. people think it's Gary Neville and Michael Owen, to basically direct the narrative away from the refs and defend yeah. them. And that's why you've seen a, a tweet from Michael Owen, who, by the way, has a show with who? Who does he have a show with? Howard Webb. Howard Webb, yeah, yeah so, no surprise. So look, I, 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 I'm not gonna start our tin hat this shit. Like, o- obvious Owen to the rescue, is obvious it? Obvious Owen. Yeah, look, <laughs> obvious Owen. Yeah, yeah. I look, I, look. I know, like, look. Bottom line is, from, from an Arsenal perspective, 
Yeah. Uh, they didn't deserve to win that game. I think they were robbed a point. In uh, Obviously, they didn't do enough to win the game, but they certainly didn't do anything to lose the game. Um, yeah. And I just think, uh, like, the, the Arteta's reasoning, whether you like it or not, is correct. Uh, you work hard. You come to a tough, one of the toughest places in England to, to play a game of football against one of the hardest teams to break down. Uh, yeah. a, a free score, especially Newcastle. at home, especially in their their even just their home ground, their record at home is ridiculous. Free scoring as well. They, yeah. they scored eight in one game this year. They scored five. You know, they're free scoring team, and you just have a decision, an obvious decision like that to go against you. It's just it's like two couple of decisions. It's it's just it's just it's it's just too much. It's too punishing, and and that's yeah. our ten, and I can understand his frustration. Um, and if yeah. that was any other manager. Uh, like I've seen Gary ne- Gary O'Neill's like he's completely right in what he's saying too. He said he went down to the, the referee's room and he said, "Oh, I couldn't give this because of blah blah blah." And he just said, "I don't know what to do anymore." Like, like yeah, it's it's just it's it's so relentlessly bad <laughs> mm. that um and look, it's a talking point every week. And as I said, people even though people are like, "I don't want to be talking about refs," people fucking love talking about refs. Yeah, let's, let, let's get a thing. It's, it's where a, it's, it's a to- it's a topic that'll always be spoken about and it's popular. Yeah. Exactly, you know. Um, like you have, yeah, look. This is the one thing is on Arsenal fan TV. Cause I like watching it, be, just to to watch the the chaos nearly that it unfolds sometimes. Entertainment, yeah. Um, like even some of the shows um that I watch, like <laughs> you've got Ty, who's obviously an Arsenal fan, and every week <laughs> referee was a disgrace. Referee was yeah. a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, just, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's that it's just literally to watch it for that entertainment. Um and like there are a few people who I speak to often, like there's a guy Javi who I'm I, I speak to a lot when the matches are on. He's very, very knowledgeable uh on on his football side and he, obviously he's in America. Um and like you do get those one or two fans that you like to speak to. But yeah. you do get those one or two fans that you're just like Oh God! Ah, uh, you're always yeah. You always yeah. will. That's that's just yeah. football, and that's like obviously we'll agree and we'll disagree and we'll do all this, and 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 that's fine. Yeah. That's what happens. Like you know, yeah. But um, look, bottom line is um, look, there's always another game. Um, yeah. and look, Arsenal have another game tomorrow that they have to win. Um, and yeah, look, we'll we'll they'll they'll move on. They'll hopefully it can go one of two ways. The referees can dogpile on them now. Um and absolutely, I don't know if they can be obviously biased against them in games, or they won't get a fifty-fifty decision now, Arsenal, maybe, which is always a possibility. Or yeah. they can take a complete siege mentality, uh, Arsenal against the world, which is the way I would do it. Yeah. I would be like, everybody hates us. This is fucking brilliant. Let's fucking. Oh use yeah, it's this. great. It's great to watch the. That's what I was saying when when obviously the the situation happened at the weekend. It's great to just go onto social media and see the hatred. For Arsenal, yeah. and look, it's, it's just because, it's because people are scared of Arsenal, yeah. and and people hate hate. I don't know all of the hate city. I think it's more apathetic. But people hated Liverpool at that time when they were brilliant because they were a threat and people were afraid yeah. of them. Um, and uh, even so, like you know, people don't like Liverpool because they know that they're still a threat. Um, yeah. and and look, it's like, and look, a lot of people were saying Arsenal were as Arteta was a sore loser. Um, after the game against Newcastle, but show me someone who isn't a sore loser, and I'll show you a loser. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're really, yeah. really a winner, you if you lose, you will be a sore loser, in my opinion. Otherwise, if you're not, if my opinion, if you're not a sore loser, you're a loser. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, that that's the mentality that they're he's trying to build with an Arsenal, whether it'll work or not. Look, we'll see. There's a long time. Long will tell. Season. Time will tell. That's long that's season. the way it go. I suppose then obviously moving on to Arsenal, like in general now for the season so far. So obviously from the squads, what's kind of been your input on it? Like one of the things I don't understand about this Arsenal team is you've got obviously Smith Rowe now has got an injury. But you've got Reese Nelson, who's been given a new contract and literally getting no game time apart from like last 10, 15 minutes when a game potentially is over. Like, I don't understand the reasoning behind offering a player like that a new contract if you're not going to play him, especially when sometimes Saka might not be playing as well or might be playing with an injury. Maybe you don't start Saka, you put Reese Nelson in, you give him a chance and say, look, this is your chance to prove yourself in the game. Same with Smith-Rowe. Smith-Rowe had one or two good performances when he played in, obviously, the Carabao Cup uh, and the Champions League. But obviously, he's got an injury now. And then, like, you've got Mohamed Elneny in there, who's literally, it looks like he's only there to get his coaching badges near, nearly at this stage and get a, a bit of a salary. Um, like, what's been your kind of opinion on how the squad's been used this season? Yeah, well, I'm going to be honest. Those three things don't really annoy me. I think they make sense, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because you can't yeah. do everything in a window. Um, yeah. You need squad protection. You can't... You, uh, when you spend 100 million, 60 million, 40 million on three players uh, in one window, you, you're going to have to compromise yeah. in some places. And like Reese Nelson and Mohamed Elneny and Smith Rowe aren't bad players. They're not starting yeah, quality. Yeah. Maybe bar Smith Rowe when he's flying... But you have to protect your squad and you have to fill the gaps with, with certain players like this as well. We're not all Man Cities who can buy players willy-nilly and you know and, and, yeah. and buy the equal quality and rotate at will. Um, look, from a squad, I think Julian Timber being lost in the first game of the season has had massive impacts. Um, yeah. I think yeah. Ben White has been, has been used a lot more than... Arteta maybe wanted him to because he looked quite a bit tired at the end of the Newcastle game. Um, yeah. He hasn't been playing bad. He's been really good this season. But I think the rotation option between him and Tomiyasu has been skewed a little bit because Tomiyasu has been playing more at left-back now um, because of Timber's absence. Um, I, I think our back line, we probably have Bar City, the probably the best defence in the Premier League. Uh, I would say... You know, if, when you have Ben White, Gabriel Saliba, uh, Tomiyasu, you know, I know Sachenko is being rotated in and out there as well. But with Tomiyasu there, I don't think you'll find a more solid back four. Uh, the mm. keeper obviously has question marks over them at the minute. Um, a lot of people don't understand why Rai is in there. Still up in the air for me as well. Uh, he's not, you know, I, I don't think Ramsdale did anything wrong. I think Raya could be a little bit uh, funny saying this after you know he made a little bit of an error at the weekend, but I think Raya is a little bit better in the air than Ramsdale. If I'm being honest, I don't think he's in yeah. there because he's better with his feet. I think he's in there because he's better in his box. Yeah. Um, well, but he's been caught out. Yeah. My opinion, Raya is there literally because he plays at whatever Arteta's style of football is. That's 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 why he's there. Ramsdale, in my opinion, is going to be gone either in the summer or at some point because 
I just don't see why you bring in a goal when your main transfers before the summer, no one even thought of a goalkeeper and you go and bring a goalkeeper in on loan. There's a reasoning behind that. <coughs> well, they wanted him before. Yeah, no, no that's um, what I'm saying. Like, when you've had Ramsdale, who, in my opinion, last season didn't do much wrong, was so good for us in key parts of thing like against Liverpool, some wonderful saves that kept us in the game. Um, when we we could have lost it and that you've got, and now you've got him not even featuring only in like the the the, the League Cup nearly for Arsenal, not even get featuring in the Champions League or anything. No real rotation of the goalkeeper. You just get Ryan now literally playing most of the games. Um, which I, I don't agree with because right now, looking at Raya, I don't see enough to drop Ramsdale at the minute from his performances. Well, Raya's long ball distribution is fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little bit better than Ramsdale's. Yeah. Um, I think he's been caught out at his front post or back post a little bit too much. I think that's yeah. an instruction more yeah. so than him doing that of his own back. The Mudrick goal. Uh, obviously, I don't think I don't think Raya's fault entirely. I think it's a complete fluke. But yeah. he's at his front post again for that goal against Newcastle. That in the stud, he was sucked yeah. into his front post again, um, and the back post was completely free. So the, the way he's positioning that, it seems like that's instruction by the yeah. goalkeeping coach. Then then Raya, um, yeah, he looks shaky in the first half against against uh, City but I also think that was a lot of the commentary with Gary Neville bringing a narrative to that because he played yeah. very well in the second half extremely well in the second half against yeah. City and nothing was said um, and look I look, Robert Sanchez against against Arsenal made mistakes and it wasn't as uh, pointed out as when Raya made a mistake so exactly, uh, exactly you know what yeah. I mean so I, I don't know if there's an agenda against Raya because he's not Ramsdale in some quarters I'm not sure because um, he's not, he's not English. He's not English, and English maybe, goalkeeper. Maybe. That that's what know. it is, you know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But look, I, I look. I, I do sympathise with people who are like who say that they don't really see what Ramsdale did wrong. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, yeah. I think it's just a preference from the coaching staff. If I'm being honest, um, look, when he came in first, I was like, I don't care who plays Ramsdale or or, or Raya. Yeah. At the same, at the minute, I'm still kind of the same. I don't really care. I think they're still good. Keepers, I, I don't really think one's better than the other. I don't think either of them are world class. Um, but I, I don't think one's better than the other at the minute. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, yeah, I just think squad depth wise, okay, but I just Yeah. Because there's quite a fucking bit, like, um, but that's that yeah. they'd be kind of my areas of concern at the minute. You'd obviously think maybe I know Arsenal were after Mudrick, and, and a lot of people thought you know that was a dollar a, a, a bullet dodged. But I think the type of player that Mudrick is. It would be an interesting fit for Arsenal because you look at Doku at City, um, and the different dimension he's brought to their game as well. He played yeah. well at the weekend. 
Um, I think Arsenal would need a bit more of a, a speedster kind of winger um, as well, a tricky winger, because I think as great as Martinelli and Saka are, I think they have a different option. Um, yeah. That would be a Mudrick-esque Doku kind of style, I think would be an interesting fit for Arsenal to kind of shake things up when we need a goal um, as well. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think I agree with you. I think there's three positions for me that Arsenal need to try and sort in January realistically if we want to be up there come end of the season I think you need cover for Saka I just think we don't want to repeat of last season where he tires at the end and the season before really where he, he tires at the end you want especially when we're playing Champions League football he's going to be playing more football than he has been in previous seasons Champions League football yeah. very like Champions League football when you get to the knockout stages is literally playing your best team week in week out literally every every time and you're yep. going to have two or three two or three games in a week you need to be able to rotate players or give a player a rest if you're playing someone like Sheffield United say on the weekend and then you're playing say Real Madrid in the Champions League for example you're going to need to rotate your squad um i think a striker obviously is needed i'd love to take Ivan Tony but i think he's too <laughs> priced out of our thing 100 million Arsenal will never have that money um probably if not for another two or three seasons knowing them and then you've got someone in midfield really to replace the loss from of Granite Xhaka because right now I don't think Havertz is suited to that position I don't think he's shown enough to go in there so you need to find that person to go in there I I think if Odegaard was fit I think Havertz might have started up top um, instead of Nketiah have you feeling yeah I don't know if he can be that target man up front. I, I I'm not sure, yeah, but obviously yeah. he's quite a tall. He's probably the. I think he's the tallest player in the team. Um, yeah, I, think I know so, he's yeah. quite. He's physically a little bit slight and stuff like that. But I don't know if 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 that's in the plans to bring another dimension by having him up top. Um, yeah, because I I do think he would have started up top against Newcastle if Odegaard was fit. Um, but you, you got you got to think like Arsenal were missing three of their key players: Partey, Jesus, and Odegaard against. Yeah. Newcastle. I know Newcastle were missing Isaac and a couple of other players as well, but those are three key creators for Arsenal. Like Partey with his his uh, insights of kind of uh, on on the front foot kind of pass. Who does he usually give them passes to? Odegaard. Yeah. You know what I mean. So it, it it's it's very much a case that you know every team has to deal with injuries. Um, and I think Arsenal can mostly deal with injuries. Um, I think if if a Saliba or Declan Rice gets injured or a, or a Saka, I think we're in trouble. Um, so look, yeah. you can't have cover for everyone, but you need to have enough in your squad. If you're competing on all fronts, you're gonna ha- you have to have enough in your squad to be able yeah. to, I suppose, offset the loss of of a big player uh, through injury um, as well. I think so. Whether they have that right now, it's hard to tell. Um, it, it is hard to tell, but I definitely think they could do with a tricky winger of definitely a different dimensional kind of forward and and a, and a midfielder I, I i would say not not just a body um yeah basically a, a different kind of maybe even a thomas party-esque or even a little bit of a, a destroyer yeah. type of midfield that can basically switch places with declan rice declan rice yeah. can play on the left eight or play in, in the holding role and they can kind of go vice versa there i agree i think as as we said with thomas party we've both you and I probably have lost confidence in him really as a player. He's just too injury prone. Like he's yeah. missed so many big games for us that I think 
a lot of Arsenal fans that I've spoken to are the exact same thing. It's just you can't trust him anymore. Like, mm. he'll pick up these niggles. Like, someone made the joke because, like, he must have... Um, must have injured himself recently from uh, kicking the ball in his gender reveal. Um, oh, yeah, to... I've seen that. Yeah, God. <laughs> he must have overstretched. He might have. He might have. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I mean, he, he he seems to be made of, made of chocolate, so I don't know. Uh, ever since he moved to Arsenal, because apparently, do you see his injury record? At, at, um, yeah, I at, know. At, 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 there, there wasn't one. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. one. Um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing to see. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but look, I think there's there's a bit of work. Uh, I think Arsenal can still can still compete with what they have. I'm not playing. Yeah, like, I'm not crying poor hand here or anything like that. But I definitely think there is improvement there that they can uh, offset a couple of the depth issues that they have in certain positions within the squad. Definitely, I think it's definitely something that they might be thinking of if they bring someone in in January. I I would think it would be at least one player, or will only yeah. be one player. Let's say I don't think they'll go mad. Um, unless yeah. someone's available that they really want that's in the plans but look at January it is tough you know so. yeah no I do I do think we'll, we will get some business done in January well, um, for sure and that will be at least one player coming in um, I think Arsenal probably see that for themselves and Arteta probably sees that for himself that he probably needs at least one player, more player in that team um, yeah. and it will be interesting to see um, obviously, then, obviously, looking at the Champions League, obviously we've lost one and won two two games. Um, and realistically, as you said, with Lon, it was the occasion I think got them the win really because it was the first time in the Champions League since in like twenty years, nearly for them, and the last time they played in the Champions League, they beat us as well. So I mean, maybe, the crowd but... like was incredible. Like, but they were I very just, good. I thought no, they, they were. were they were no, they well. were very good. But I think um, they had that extra push because they were at home. Yeah. It was the first Champions League game at home in twenty years. The hmm. fans were so loud all night. Like it looked like a very daunting place to go, nearly, and maybe that helped hmm. push the players even better. Yeah, absolutely. And look, they they have that thing with the twelfth man, don't they? That's that's kind of their yeah. thing. Um, but their first goal was incredible. Um, mm. Whether whether to, like I know David, David David Raya kicked it out to the wing, but your man still had yeah. a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. And the second goal was was a little bit more frustrating, but it was still a good goal, a good move. Um, so they were a physically strong team, and they were very technical as well. So I wouldn't take anything away from them. I know you're not. Oh no, definitely um, not. No. In, in regards to that win, I think Arsenal weren't great, but I'd be more erring on the side of Lons were pretty good in that game. Yeah. Um, well, can you look they replicate the... it in the in yeah. the Emirates? I'm not so sure. We'll have to see. But, yeah. But I think it's it. Well, Sevilla, you anyway, look tomorrow, at it now. It? Arsenal and Lons are, are the top top two in the table. Like, mm. do you think it'll be Arsenal Lons that go through? Maybe because Sevilla right now don't look anything like the Sevilla of recent years like obviously in the Europa League especially but you do you do question are they just playing to play your Europa League football so they can win another they Europa might. League they <laughs> might. I would blame them they've won it so many times the trophy's a trophy like um yeah look it's hard to tell anything can happen like and um, Sevilla can easily turn around and, and, and be Arsenal tomorrow or or get or gar- garner a draw or something like that and then yeah. uh, I don't know. Do they have lawns to come at home, or do they have to play lawns away? I'm not sure. 
I think it's it away. I think that's clear. Yeah, so yeah, I, very much it's, it's in Lance's hand. Um, so I, I think they, I think yeah, Lance and Arsenal would be at the minute are looking pretty good, especially if Arsenal and Lance were to win tomorrow. I think you would say that Sevilla are very much on the back foot in regards to qualification for the Champions League. Yeah, uh, PSV just don't seem to have recovered from losing Gakpo and um. And what's the other guy's name? Uh, Xavi Simons as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they've, yeah. Obviously, it's still a tough place to go when you play them away, as Arsenal known as last year. But they obviously had those two players as well um, on that day. So, yeah, look, we'll wait, we'll wait and see. I think it's a, it's a big game tomorrow that Arsenal need to win, not only because they've lost the last two games in all competitions, but just for Champions League qualification in general. You have to win your home games. Someone was saying I think if Lons and Arsenal both win tomorrow they both qualify I think for the next round because okay. I think the other two will be on two points I think mm. so realistically yeah. they can't catch so so it just depends who, who finishes in what order then if, yeah. if they both win tomorrow it's a big if obviously it's still yeah, yeah. Like, Sevilla won't take that defeat uh, lying down you know what I mean so they will be out yeah. of blocks tomorrow and they know Arsenal are not on a great run at the minute so, yeah. um, so they will try to capitalize on that. But especially look, I, when you I, have Sergio Ramos in defense. <laughs> yeah, look, I will not be staying up to watch the game. Um, it will be twelve o'clock here, and I have to get up <laughs> for, for five a.m. for the gym. So, um, so I, I will watch. Uh, I will record it and I'll watch it the next. Evening. I'll watch it on Thursday evening. Um, yeah, as well. But, uh, but yeah, no. Look, uh, hopefully they they can get the win tomorrow anyway and qualify. And then, obviously, the other follow-up question to that is, how far do you think Arsenal can get in the Champions League? Like, looking at, obviously, being it being their first year back in it. Well, um, look, I'd say at this stage, the three teams you would probably put money on getting to the last four, at least, would be City, Munich, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, I know Real Madrid haven't been, haven't been exceptional this season, but, you know... They have been pulling victory out of the jaws of defeat every now and again in the league, especially. Um, look, I think if, you know, I think they could beat anyone on their day, if I'm being honest. I think yeah. I think there's this huge possibility that they could get to a quarterfinal, semifinal, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, that's um, what I was thinking more as well. Quarters I, I think or semis, that, really. I think they'd be doing well doing that because that's still progress. Um, yeah. Obviously, no one wants to get knocked out at those stages because you're not really remembered if you if you do. But like, it's been a running theme that they get knocked out every every last sixteen and by Bayern Munich or Barcelona. Um, but I think Arsenal need to beat a Bayern Munich, a Barcelona, or a Real Madrid this season uh, over two legs. They if they yeah. get them in a draw, they need to they need that victory just for themselves as a club, yeah. um, as as a history. I know blah, 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 Arsenal have won the, the Champions League with all that bollocks. Um, but I, I think uh, step by step, you know, I, I think they you need, need that. They, you need that win against yeah. a big side that you're known for losing to and losing yeah. badly to in your yeah. history. Like I'd love Arsenal to if they got past the last sixteen. I'd love Arsenal to play Bayern Munich. I'd love it. I would love Arsenal yeah. to play Bayern Munich. I, I don't want to avoid big teams because yeah. we've been like. Uh, we've been when we watched Champions League, when Arsene Wenger was over them, 
Um, and we were like, oh, let's avoid this team and let's avoid this team in the, in the knockout stage. And then we end up getting them um, after topping the group. You know, now after watching Europa League for five, six years, I'm like, I'm sick of Arsenal playing FC Dustin yeah. from fucking Slovenia. Um, I want, I want Arsenal to play the big games now. Um, I want, I yeah. want a Real Madrid in the last sixteen. I want a Manchester United, uh, in the in the quarterfinals. I want big teams. I want Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Juventus. I want them all. Um, whether they Arsenal can beat them or not is irrelevant to me. They they need big games like that, and that's how you draw big players to the clubs. Um, yeah. the club is is beating these teams and having the experience. That's why Declan Rice joined. That's why William Saliba, uh, Saka, uh, committed their their futures. Odegaard is about to as well. You know, th- these are the games you want to play and want to be part of. And if they win tomorrow night, they take a big step towards achieving being involved in one of them games. So, um, so yeah, I, I'd be looking. Uh, I'd be disappointed if they didn't get to at least the quarterfinal. Um, yeah, semi final would be brilliant. Final look. It'd be, I'd be paying out, so I'd be taking out loans to go to that final if, if that ever happens. But let's take it step yeah. by step and, and, and beat Sevilla tomorrow, get to the knockout stages, then top the group and then go from there. I think it has to be a step by step process. And to be honest, I think Arteta takes every game as it comes as a step by step process. So yeah, um, he doesn't look too far ahead. So, so yeah, look, hopefully at least the quarter final anyway. Yeah, no, that's it. That's for me. Like, I think. As you said, a quarter final would be pro progress in in the mm. team, um, from where where we were at, um, and I'd love to to get a big team as well, just because that hoodoo that when everyone thinks of Champions League, everyone thinks of the big loss to Bayern Munich, <clears throat> yeah, the messy masterclass against us, and like I remember some of the games the I remember is obviously off. yeah, our Shavins masterclass against mm. Barcelona when we won 2-1 that's just one of the ones that starts out and I'd love to have more memories of like that like going forward yeah. in the Champions League even if it doesn't mean winning the Champions League you want memories like that you don't want to be remembering all the the losses no. or heavy losses you want to remember all the good games the big wins or um, important wins against the big sides yeah I mean I don't want a moral I, I don't want a moral victory either against you know, going out against a big team after, you know, only losing by one goal. But, like, only one team can win the, the Champions League. Like, so, yeah, it, it's very hard to win it. Um, It's not a, you know, I know that they've never won it and it's going to be used against Arsenal until they do win it. And then when they do win it, uh, it'll be, oh, you've only won it once. You know, the usual shite. So, I, yeah. you just got you, you to not care about that crack and, and just enjoy the games as they come. Um, exactly. But I, I know it's very hard to do that. Uh, when you're very nervous looking at these games and you want you you want them to do bad or do well so badly, um as well. But yeah. look, hopefully, quarter, at least the quarter final. But they need to get to the knockout stages first, um, and, and progress from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no interested to see. Now that the other question I had for you because I do I've done it on the other episodes when I did the Liverpool special, the West Ham special. It's obviously the football kits for the season. So you've got obviously. Oh Three the three kits. So you got the home kit, the red kit. You've got. Right. I mean, the, remind myself. After. The vomit kit, as I call it, which is the illuminous yellow with the black lines and the blue writing, and you've got obviously the green, um, third kit. Um, what is your favorite kit of the of the three? Mm. Uh, 
I think it's a bit of a cop out to say the home kit because uh, you're you're always going to like your home kit, uh, and and that is a very nice home kit uh, yeah. as well. I like the green third kit or away yeah. kit. I think that's a very good kit, and that other kit didn't look bad in game. I'm going to be honest. The the okay. luminous yeah uh, yellow. Heard one. A few I, people say it. I, I just don't I like it. I did not like it. I did not like it. Uh, what I've seen it before. Yeah. But then they they was it against Crystal Palace was the first game away. They wore it, and I quite liked it. I quite liked yeah. it. I, I I actually thought it looked good on some of the players. Um, I wouldn't well, buy it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I I think it looked good. I don't think it looked bad. I think we've seen some awful kits throughout the year, but I'd say my favorite kit would be the away kit, the kind of green one with the navy shoulders. Um, yeah. I like the home kit as well, obviously, but I, I would buy that that uh, that green green kit with the navy with the navy shoulders. I think that's a that's quite a nice kit, actually. As well. Yeah, I think I I think I love the I absolutely love the home kit. I know everyone says, "Oh, Arsenal put gold on the kit because uh, they were, were going to win the league and then they fell away." Because obviously, it, it's to commemorate it, the Invincibles, and I, I actually say that. Yeah, yeah, but so. on the on the basically on the kit they have. Um, if you get the 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 priciest one, which is a hundred and ten or something, on the side they have the invincible record printed oh, on the the jersey, which is a nice touch. Um, yeah. thing I just like. I just think as a home kit, it's probably one of the home kits that stands out to me since obviously the one behind me with with from the '06 season, the last season in Highbury. Oh with the yeah, goals, yeah, which is one of my favorite kits of all time. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. I think the green kit is a very unusual color because, mm. as as people have said, it's a kit that you would have, would have associated back in the nineties that a goalkeeper would wear, kind yeah. of with the the, the green button. and the the navy, the button at the top as well. I quite like yeah. that. Yeah, no, um, I, but I just I just don't like the away kit, the the luminous highlighter. Car. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the worst out of the three, but I, I yeah. definitely don't hate it. I think it's yeah. I wouldn't buy it, but I wouldn't be like, what the fuck are they wearing? Like, do you remember when City had that uh, yellow and orange kind of oh, one God, at the bottom, yeah. like that? Like that's that that's that's that was incredibly bad. Yeah, um, I think that's much fucking worse. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think it's three solid kits to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the and then third, the women's kit, kit then as well the the Stella McCarthy one, which became the first kind of kit that was released for a women's team. Um, which one's that now? It's like uh, it's got like pink and then like Stella McCarthy. Yeah, um, it's a, lo- a lovely kit. Um, so basically, uh, they brought they brought it out. Oh yeah. Um. And you can you can buy the kit for in and obviously in men's sizes as well. But that was See Saka wearing it as well. Yeah. Is one of the most beautiful kits I've seen, and I'm oh, actually glad kit. they've done that for the women's team that they've brought out a a kit that the women or the women's team only wear. And yeah. I'm hoping in football they can do that more often that they release kits for 100%. women's teams as well as the men's teams. I see Saka wearing it as well. Looking like that defeats yeah. the purpose. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like that's a great kit. Actually, it looks yeah. That's a, a yeah, it looks really nice. I I buy that. It's fucking yeah. great kit. So, Trust but, I wearing it with his uh his slim shady hair. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, no, it's it's been an interesting season so far, full of uh, VAR decisions, uh, crazy yeah, look, uh, transfers. There'll be, many, there'll be many more to come. 
yeah. <laughs> uh, VR seasons, seasons or decisions. So yeah. I don't think we've heard the last of that. No. I think our it'll be communicating be in many, many more podcast episodes across the world. That's the one thing I think that everyone will talk about. Or... Yeah, and I, 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 look, I, the other lads will probably listen to this podcast and think that I, I fucking whinge and, and all that kind of stuff <laughs> like this, and, and and that's fine. That that's yeah. that's that's completely fine. But I think at the end of the day, like Liverpool were hard done by. Uh, I think yeah. you know Man United were hard done by against City. You know, I think every club has been hard done by, and I think what Arteta said, whether you like the tone he used or the way he said it or not, I think he's saying what a lot of people are thinking, um, yeah. and, and aren't saying in the public eye. And he just said, you know what, fuck this shit. Uh, he just yeah. lost the rag, and yeah. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll, we'll hopefully see a, a good season from Arsenal. Um, hopefully a challenge for the title. You know, it's 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 obviously. Ha- I think they have to challenge. I don't think they have to win, like some people think. I think Gary Neville pipping Arsenal to win the title, I think, is an absolute. Uh, I think that's baiting, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like. Gary oh yeah, Neville. definitely. Um, I think he's like, well, well, I, I, everyone's like, oh, no, Arsenal. He'd be like, oh, well, I, I tipped them to win the league. That's exactly what he's set up there now. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you well, can't I get on to win me. the league because I they signed Declan Rice. Yeah, I, I took them to win the league. So why are you getting on to me about Arsenal? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. exactly. I can say what I want now. That's exactly the kind of narrative he said there now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but I suppose yeah. this is probably the best place to probably finish the podcast. Like we've been doing it for a good chunk of time, and obviously. Yeah. The time difference between you and I as well now has grown from from three hours to four hours now. Four hours, yeah, fucking hell, yes. Fucking, <laughs> we we don't do daylight savings here or anything like that. We very much stick. We don't twist. So well, it's, it's the sunset. Sunset is about ten minutes for you. Yeah, fucking hell. It's it's, it's yeah. Well, fucking. What time is it? It's like what's quarter to four, quarter to six. The sun goes down or ten to six here or something yeah. like that. Now, so. Yeah, look, it's a uh, it's 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 uh, it's a nice time of year though. The weather is much better from the time when you come out. If you come out yeah. now, it would be fucking absolutely gorgeous now uh, yeah, as yeah. well. So, so look, you take the good with the bad, um, and 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 that's the way it goes. It's it's, it's nice to live over here. Uh, anybody rec- wants to move abroad, I recommend moving to uh, Middle East and Dubai. Yeah, um, it's definitely definitely a place to be. No, definitely. Um, but again, thanks again for for jumping on today's episode. As always, great to have you on and. Have you on again soon? No matter at all, Ed. Pleasure always to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll chat soon again. Yeah. And thanks again to everyone who obviously follows the podcast and listens. Um, keep an eye out for some episodes coming out soon. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have a, a few more episodes up. Um, but until next time, I've been Keen Samuel Mar, and this has been What a Hit Son.